0: You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Trevor Noah, and this is The Daily Social Distancing Show. Today is Tuesday, April 6th, and I just want to give a big shout-out and congratulations to the Baylor men's team and the Stanford women's team on their March Madness victories. Although, I think the real winners are the people I put in my bracket. Everyone who tried hard and had fun. I lost $50,000. Anyway, coming up on tonight's show, Florida's inventing new natural disasters, why the internet is about to get slightly less stupid, and why vaccine passports could be your ticket to Nazi Germany! Plus, the one and only Morgan Freeman is joining us on the show. So let's do this, people. Welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show.
1: From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, This is The Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition.
0: Let's kick things off in Florida, the place that answers the question, what if all the stuff that didn't make it in a hot dog became a state? Florida regularly faces its share of disasters, rising sea levels, hurricanes, rampant sleeve robbery, and now it's looking at toxic floods.
2: We're going to turn out of Florida, where tonight there is a frantic effort to prevent a catastrophic flood from a wastewater pond near Tampa. Hundreds have been evacuated. Crews are pumping out millions of gallons of toxic water to relieve pressure at the pond. The Piney Point Reservoir at an old phosphate plant is surrounded by radioactive material. A collapse of the aging reservoir could send a 20-foot wall of wastewater into nearby areas. That's why 30 million gallons of the contaminated water are being pumped every 24 hours into Tampa Bay and other waterways, raising fears it could kill fish and wildlife. Some 300 homes and a nearby prison already under
0: evacuation orders. Sweet Jesus. Florida could get hit by a 20-foot wall of toxic water surrounded by radioactive material? You know what this means, right? If this thing breaks, it's gonna create a race of mutant Florida people. Nudes. Now, you might be thinking, wait, Trevor, I thought a radioactive flood was Florida's origin story. But no, this is a new threat from a toxic waste pond, which raises a big question. Isn't it weird that America just dumps its toxic waste in a pond and calls it a day? I mean, it's never a great sign when your solution to a problem sounds like a problem. We have a lot of toxic waste to get rid of. And you know what I'm thinking? Toxic waste pond, toxic waste pond. And a big part of this problem isn't just that the water is toxic, but that the walls that are keeping the water in are radioactive. And if the water goes over that wall, it will take the radiation with it. And look, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but how did they not realize what a terrible design that was? I mean, it's like building a lion cage out of guns. Yeah, it might keep the lions in for a while, but if they get out, now those lions are strapped. Moving on now to some business news. According to a new report, more than 50 major U.S. corporations paid zero federal taxes last year. And now, Janet Yellen, U.S. Treasury Secretary and retired Hogwarts professor, has a plan for making them pay up.
2: Today, Janet Yellen, in her first major speech as Treasury Secretary, called for a global corporate tax rate that would stop countries from trying to compete by lowering corporate tax rates to try to attract new business. We're working with G20 nations to agree to a global minimum corporate tax rate that can stop the race to the bottom. Together, we can use
0: a global minimum tax to make sure the global economy thrives based on a more level playing field. Now this, this is a great idea because guys, let's be, let's, let's, let's be real. Corporations shouldn't be able to move to a different country just to avoid higher taxes, right? They should move to a different country to avoid going to prison for all those children they got killed. I mean, it's actually wild that corporations can be incredibly profitable, but not pay into the societies that support them. It's kind of like if Mark Zuckerberg still lived at his parents' house and didn't pay rent. You're a billionaire, my man. At least chip in for the cable. And what makes the system more frustrating is how little corporations have to do to claim that they're located in another country for tax purposes. And do you have any proof that your company operates out of the Cayman Islands? Uh, I have the seashell. Okay, I get it. No need to bury us in all this paperwork, I get it. Put the shell away, I get it. So look, I'm actually glad that they're trying to force corporations to pay their fair share, but this is only gonna work if you get all the countries to agree to it. You know, it's like bars in a college town. If there's one of them not checking IDs, well, then that's where the party's at. Honestly, I don't even know if getting all the countries on Earth is even enough. I mean, why do you think Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos wanna go to Mars so bad? It's not to advance human knowledge. They just wanna set up a PO box, baby. And finally, let's pour out a 40 gigabyte bottle for an old internet friend who is soon to be no more.
2: It's the end of an era. Yahoo Answers announced it'll be shutting down on May 4th. Users won't be able to post any new questions or answers after April 20th. The move ends the 16-year reign of one of the Internet's longest-running question-and-answer sites. The company says the site has become less popular over the years as its members' needs have changed.
0: Oh, no. Now where will we go to get life or death medical advice from anonymous strangers? I mean, this was the spot. But yes, if you don't know about Yahoo Answers, it's the site where the world's dumbest people seek answers to even dumber questions. Questions like, do you think humans will ever be able to walk on the sun? Or does spider have puss-puss? And I know people will say that Yahoo Answers was a wasteland. You know, the questions were all so stupid, but that's exactly what made it so valuable. Because no matter what you searched online, whether it was, what happens if I swallowed an AirPod, or how to tie a tie when hand is stuck in toaster, you knew that at least one other person had already asked it on Yahoo Answers, and you felt a little less alone. By the way, the AirPod comes out in your poop. The truth is... Yahoo Answers is dead now because it wasn't keeping up with the more effective services because yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, it kept people misinformed, but to truly be successful in this day and age, you also have to radicalize people into white supremacy. That's how you make it in tech. But still, people, I'm sad to see Yahoo Answers go. I mean, it's never easy to say goodbye to beloved old websites. I still remember where I was the day Ask Jeeves was assassinated. Al-Qaeda, man. But let's move on now to our main story, the coronavirus vaccine. It's the reason Pfizer has groupies now. As more and more people get vaccinated, it's gonna be safer for all sorts of places to open up again. But the question is, how will businesses know which of their customers actually have been vaccinated? Well, one possibility that's come up is a whole different kind of V-card.
1: Beyond those vaccine record cards people get when they receive their shots, there has been talk about carrying vaccine passports. Vaccine passports,
0: proof of vaccinations to get into concerts, sporting events, or even travel. With no national standard, states, companies, and healthcare providers are now coming up with their own options. New York State releasing Excelsior Pass for people to upload digital vaccine information and COVID test results. While overseas,
1: many European countries, Japan Japan, Israel, and global airlines are pushing their own vaccine passports, hoping to jumpstart tourism.
0: Yes, welcome to the world of vaccine passports, which I think are a great and simple way to show that you're immune from corona. I mean, I've I've just been going around yelling that I've been shot, and you'd think people would relax knowing that I've been vaccinated, but they always seem to freak out. People are weird, people become weird, am I right? Not to mention, this can help give businesses peace of mind. You know, American businesses wanna know that the customers legally carrying assault rifles into their store aren't gonna sneeze on anyone. It's safe. And by the way, this isn't an actual passport, okay? Which is a good thing, because my passport photos always end up looking like this. I don't know why you take the picture as I'm always sneezing. Also, why am I always sneezing? It's just proof of vaccination, which may sound like a novel idea, but it's really nothing new. I like the idea of the passport in terms of uh, identifying people. We do it all
2: the time. You can't go to college without being vaccinated for meningococcus. You can't go to the Mecca on Hajj unless you've been vaccinated for the same bacteria. So we've used this in a zillion different places. When I registered my kids for camp, I have to go get proof of their vaccination. When they go back to school, I'm gonna have to show proof of their vaccination, not for COVID, because they're not old enough, but for all the other things they get vaccinated for. I've traveled to many, many countries where you have to have a yellow card showing that you've been vaccinated for yellow fever. So none of this stuff
0: is new. That's right. People already have to prove that they've been vaccinated for for a ton of reasons, right? Travelers have to be vaccinated to get into many countries. Kindergarteners, they have to get their cootie shot before they go to school. And college students can't enroll until they've been vaccinated because the last thing college students want is a meningitis breakout ruining their gonorrhea breakout. But just like most things in America, vaccine passports aren't without controversy. In fact, Republican governors in Texas and Florida have already banned businesses in their state from requiring one. And the very idea of vaccine passports has Fox News so freaked out, they've started standing up for the undocumented.
2: The idea of a vaccine passport is un-American. It's likely unconstitutional. This vaccine passport is just another way to control the American people. It's absolutely wrong. It's antithetical to freedom. It's antithetical to the American way.
0: A nightmare, Orwellian, infrastructure of control, an unprecedented, undemocratic power grab. It's
2: wholly illegal. It's like saying, we'll just let private industry discriminate against Americans based on their biological characteristics, which was exactly what Nazi Germany did. It's so ironic to me that China brought this pandemic to the rest of the world and now Western countries are starting to act like China in terms of their surveillance, in terms of forcing people to do things, to have control of all aspects of their lives. I am not overstating this. I can't say it forcefully enough. This is literally the end of human liberty
0: in the West. Okay, first of all, this is not the end of human liberty in the West, right? That happened in 2001 when they shut down Napster. Oh, so I can't own your song just because I never paid for it, that's some bullshit, man. I also wonder if anyone has ever said the phrase, I'm not overstating this, and then not completely overstated something. Like, has anyone ever said, I'm not overstating this, ham is made from pigs. And look, they can say that this is Nazi Germany, but nobody's forcing you to get a vaccine passport. Like, if you don't want one, don't get one. You'll just have to pay a coyote to sneak you into Dunkin' Donuts. Honestly. I really wanna know what Fox News is gonna do when there's an actual existential crisis, like a real one. Cause everything for Fox News is a crisis, everything. Dr. Seuss is a crisis, vaccination cards are a crisis. If America's ever invaded, Fox is gonna be like, yo, this is like that time they got rid of Mr. Potato Head's penis. Now look, just because Fox News is being dramatic, doesn't mean that there aren't some legitimate concerns around a vaccine passport, especially if that passport ends up being a smartphone app.
2: I think if we're gonna look at passports, we also have to look at equity with those passports. Fred, not everybody has a smartphone. I have lots of patients with flip phones, with those little burner phones, where they get a certain number of minutes and it's done. And those patients, those people can't can't have these apps. So we need to find a solution that works for everybody. There's also got to be some kind of paperwork, some other way of doing this, some ideas that have been floated out there, are like the little bracelets that you get when you go to Disney, where you scan through everything. Mm. What if we can get those to people? We need to really think about how to do this equitably so that everybody mm. who has a vaccine can have some record of having had
0: a vaccine. That's right. Not everybody has a smartphone. So vaccine passports can't just be an app, but... Paper vaccine passports could have all kinds of issues too. You know, they can be forged, uh, they can get lost. A girl could trick you into writing your phone number on it and now she's vaccinated? Which is why we need to think outside the box. If you want an easy way for people to prove they're vaccinated, just leave the needle in. Or if that's impractical because it's a health hazard, then just make the passport t-shirt. Yeah, it's perfect for a night out at the bar or the opera, whatever. The point is, however we do vaccine passports, we need to make sure that they're accessible to everyone who wants it, otherwise it's not fair. And if we don't do vaccine passports, well, we need to come up with an easy way of identifying who didn't get the vaccine. Like, I don't know, maybe a hat? All right, when we come back, director Garrett Bradley will discuss her new documentary about a woman trying to spring her husband out of jail so stick around. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I spoke with Garrett Bradley. She's the director of the new Oscar-nominated documentary, Time, about one woman's fight to free her husband from a 60-year prison sentence. Garrett Bradley, welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show.
2: Thanks so much for having me here, man. I really appreciate it.
0: Um, you have been on quite the journey with your film. I mean, you are, you're one of America's most documented and, and celebrated filmmakers. You, you, you have a, a specific style and a touch when you create a documentary. People feel through, through the message that you create in your films, and your new documentary film, Time, is no different. Um, from winning you Best Director at Sundance to getting you nominated at the Oscars, which would make you, if you won the first black woman ever to win an Oscar for directing. Um, it's a truly powerful story that I think crosses all boundaries of age and time and love and, and, and prison and, and punishment and forgiveness, Let's Let's go to the in- inception of the idea, Time. A story of Sybil Fox Richardson, a woman who is just trying to be reunited with her husband. Take me through the story and why you thought this would make a documentary that people should watch.
2: Well, you know, to be honest with you, I um, wasn't—I wasn't like going after a specific story. I made a short film called *Alone*, which is a 13-minute op doc, and there was a real absence in talking about incarceration from a woman's point of view, from a family's point of view, from the point of view of the human experience. And I met Fox in the process of making that film. I I, uh, I actually called this organization called Flick, Friends and Families of Louisiana's Incarcerated Children. And Gina Womack, who's the co-founder and director of that organization, picked up and said, Vaughn has to speak to Fox. And so Fox is briefly in this short film and makes a really vivid connection between slavery and the prison industrial complex. And um, we developed a natural relationship, you know? And I felt like when Alone came out into the world, it, it only further illuminated the absence of, of, um, of images and experiences that, that people could understand that were around, again, the, the effects of facts, the effects of incarceration.
0: What What, what really struck me with this film is it didn't follow the narrative that I thought it would. You know, so many of the stories I watch these days are generally about people who are wrongly incarcerated or, or people, you know, who, who got framed or something happened. Or... But, but this was an interesting story that I feel is a lot more nuanced because you take us through the journey of a couple who resorted to robbery. They were going through tough times, but they did commit a crime. And then Sybil, who we see in, 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 in the film, is um, sentenced to three years in prison, her husband, meanwhile, is sentenced to 60 years in prison. And th- that's an interesting subject to follow because for one thing I've learned in America, and there are many countries in the world who follow that, that idea is they go, well, if you commit a crime, you get punished and we punish you as much as possible. But here it feels like you're not trying to get over the fact that people committed the crime. You're asking us as the viewers to ask ourselves what our intention with the punishment should be. Why, why did you want that, that framing? Why did you want to question that?
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I think, um, you know, people can look at anything from a political perspective, you know, but I think that when you are forced to understand things from a human perspective, from a perspective that requires imagination, meaning one has to imagine themselves in a situation beyond one which they are already in, it becomes um, very obvious to me that the system needs to change and that the value, you know, if we think about human life having value, Then, and actually, you know, I was speaking with uh, somebody this morning and they made this really poignant connection to the pandemic and that that we've all experienced one year, right, of, of solitude and one year of real change and not being with those that we love. And so, if someone can imagine six decades of that, a sentence of six decades of that, is it worth it? You know, how do we really value each other as human beings? And how do we think about the structure by which society is built? You know almost globally um, as one that now needs to be um, based in forgiveness based in in the reality of humanity you know um that's the future I hope, and I think that you know i'm entering I'm entering this conversation from that human perspective because I am a human, and that is how I connected with it you know
0: yeah th- there's no denying when when you when you look at criminal justice that one of the biggest things you have to hope for if you're ever ensnared within the criminal justice system is you have to pray and hope that the person who is sentencing you sees some potential in you as a human being because then that could determine whether or not you have a second chance. What makes this documentary particularly gripping is you're not just telling a story, you're showing us the story. We get to live the life of a woman who is waiting decades for her husband to come home to be a father. And, and and what's really interesting is you, you have this footage, something that you would never normally have, is she was basically documenting her life and you put this all together and then created the story around it. I mean, that must've been a gold mine for you, discovering a subject where they've been filming themselves for decades.
2: Yeah, it was a gold mine. I mean, I think I think want to be totally honest with you, having shot this film without any awareness of its existence until our last day of filming, you know and i'll never forget i said to to fox i'll be back in a few months and i'll um i'll share a cut with you and she handed me this little black bag that ended up being a hundred hours of her own wow own and and so you know in that moment it's like your worst nightmare and it's your dream come true <laughs> at the same time you know and and i think that you know you don't even though you understand in that moment that um that the, the, the structure, right, the length of it is likely going to change. Like, I knew right away it's probably not going to be a 13-minute documentary anymore. Right. Um, so we knew those things were going to change. Gabe Rhodes, who cut the film, we knew those things were going to be required. But the intention, the reason for why I wanted to make the film, the reason by which myself and Fox and the family agreed to come together in an effort to, to make this was not going to change, you know? And, and I feel like that is really important when especially when you're making documentaries when you don't really have you know it's a real honoring of the present moment it almost becomes unethical to try to anticipate an ending to try to control anything so the, the thing that's guiding you is your intention your intention is the thing that tells you what to shoot and how to shoot it you know and I don't think that changes even even in the edit
0: this is not your first uh, documentary film about love and prison and and I wonder if you choose this particularly because it's such a difficult subject or if you feel that it's a subject that isn't understood enough. Because oftentimes, you know, as society, we're conditioned to believe that once a person is a prisoner or imprisoned, they're no longer a human and they're ostracized from society. That is their punishment. But but you make films that, that make us see them as human beings who have either made a mistake or have committed a crime, you know, willingly and willfully, but we still are forced to see them as human beings. Why are you trying to do to do that? What like what are you, what are you trying to evoke in us as the viewers who are watching uh, you know a movie like this? Are you are you trying to make us feel sad? Are you trying to make us rethink prison as a concept? Or like because it, it is a complicated thing to 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 observe as a viewer.
2: I mean, I think filmmaking is at its heart. The purpose of it is for human beings to better understand themselves. For us to understand ourselves. Right. For us to understand the world that we're living in. Um, it's kind of as simple as that, you know, and of course all these other layers have uh have grown since since its inception, but it's still a relatively um, young medium, and I think the spirit of that is part of what drew me to it at a young age you know i I was curious, I've always been a curious person I've always been really interested um in people and um, and it's a it's a it's a tool for being able to. To to do that, empathy and being able to understand each other is right. fundamentally what motivates everything that I do, and it's an integral part of of making films. You know,
0: well, it's it's something that I feel like you master time and time again, and just just seeing this story being told, I think will touch everybody. Um, congratulations on on your on your victories thus far, and um, good luck for the Oscars. I, I hope you take it, and I hope you make history in the process. Thank you so much for joining us on the show.
2: Thank you, Trevor, appreciate it,
0: man. Appreciate you. Don't forget, Time is available now on Amazon Prime. All right, when we come back, the legendary Morgan Freeman will be joining me on the show. So don't go away. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I spoke with Academy Award-winning actor, Morgan Freeman. We talked about why he's advocating for the COVID vaccine in a new PSA by the Creative Coalition.
1: I'm Morgan Freeman, I'm not a doctor, But I trust science. And I'm told that for some reason people trust me. So here I am to say, I trust science and I got the vaccine. If you trust me, you'll get the vaccine. In math, it's called the distributive property. In people, it's called taking care of one another. Get the vaccine. Help make our world a safe place for us to enjoy ourselves again, please.
0: Mr. Morgan Freeman, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Thank you so much. Today was one of those days when a name trends on Twitter and people were sent into a frenzy. Now, I'm sure you know this, but whenever a name trends on Twitter, especially when it's a famous name, people think one of two things has happened. The person has died, or the person wishes that they had died today. Morgan Freeman was trending, but thank goodness it was neither of the two. In fact, you're trying to stop people from dying.
1: I, I, truly, absolutely, no, I'm not dying, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not even thinking about dying or wishing anything having to do with dying. The only wishes I have is those people who are refusing to take these dead gum shots would change their minds and realize that. This is one of the things we really have to do. I don't understand, to tell you the truth, anyone who has some issues with the idea of being vaccinated against this scourge. You know, the facts are in. We know that all of those dead people are dead and why they're dead. They didn't, you know, they didn't get hit by trucks or anything. This is this pandemic. So, yeah, I would recommend, I recommend highly, go get the freaking shots. But if you don't, it's really up to you. Except that now I have to avoid you. And I will, of course. I still wear a mask. And I, I, social distancing, all right, so they say down to three feet. All right, all right. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll do my part, and uh, I, I don't know. Everybody, including the butler, are encouraging or trying to encourage people to do what they're. It's not an instruction. It's just a suggestion that they're making.
0: It's a, it's a suggestion for people's well being. It's it's. You, you know what I what I what I enjoyed about your PSA is you come out acknowledging uh, the, the obvious. You say, I'm, I'm not a doctor. You go, like, I'm not a doctor, and I know that a lot of people don't trust right now, but a lot of people trust me. A- and, and it's interesting that you say that, because, you know, as Morgan Freeman, you don't just lend your voice to things. You know, you, you're someone who people have come to trust and know as a genuine human being. And so, I wonder, I wonder if you have an idea, when, when looking through the, the, the hesitancy towards the vaccine, why you think there's such a big um, gap between the older generation getting it because, uh, as I'm seeing, older people are generally more inclined to get the vaccine, and younger people are just like, ah, I, I don't, I don't know about this.
1: Well, it may, the, may have been a mistake in the early stages of this because they cautioned all of the older people that you're much more susceptible to this than younger people might be. So, uh, younger people might just take that and, you know, run to the woods with it. Right. Oh, I'm good. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I'm good. They, it's getting younger and younger into people be, because we, you know, we still thinking it's oh, it's over now. It's not over, y'all. It's not right. over, right?
0: Um, when Morgan Freeman is trying to convince people to do something that is in their best interests, I mean, it, it feels like we're in a weird place in society because you know we we, we talk about this pandemic, we talk about the long term effects. Th- that people don't seem to realize enough of. You know, yes, there are the people who die, and it's tragic, but a lot of people are gonna have long-term effects from COVID, whether it's d- decreased lung capacity, whether it's issues with their organs. Wh- there's, there's so many of these things. What does it tell you about the world when we need to get Morgan Freeman to convince people to do something that is good
1: for themselves? That's a mistake. I don't think Morgan Freeman can convince anybody to do anything. People who have decided that... Uh, their best interest is at uh, in taking the vaccination. That's a decision they make. I don't think anybody of any supposed note uh, has to go out of their way to try and convince them. Uh, I heard yesterday of people saying that well, there are a lot of Black people who uh, just don't trust it because of the um, Tuskegee experiment. Right. Horse pucking. I don't believe that, that's ridiculous, you know? This is a whole new world, a whole new society, a whole new group of of people, and this thing here is for real. It's not something somebody made up that's a test to see how we will react to it, you know what I'm saying?
0: So what do you say to the people who now go, oh, Morgan Freeman, you've, you've joined this, um, secret elite group who want to put microchips in the people. Do you ever worry about that? Because, I mean, like, everything has become politicized. Morgan Freeman is not politicized. Do you you ever worry about that, or do you just go like, hey, man, I'm just going to speak my piece, and then you guys do with it as you please?
1: That's exactly it. Hey, man, I'm trying to keep my peace, stay above the ground. Um, You do what you got to do, I'll do what I got to do. And I suppose one of the things that I have to do is say to you, those, get the shot help protect me.
0: <laughs> Get the shot, help protect Morgan Freeman. I feel like that will convince people. Get the shot, help protect Morgan Freeman. Uh, before I let you go, what do you plan to do um, when, when the world opens up again? I mean, everybody's been locked down. You know, you, you used to travel the world, whether it was for your movies or just for life. What, what, what does Morgan Freeman plan to do when the world opens up again?
1: Go to work for one thing and eat out for uh, the other. My companion cooks, yeah, I I mean, I eat twice a day and and she cooks every meal just about. And she'd like a little rest, a little break.
0: (laughs) I think everybody would, sir. Um, Thank you for the time. Thank you for the message. And um, yeah, maybe the people will be convinced and maybe they won't. Either way, we'll get the vaccine and then we'll see what happens from there. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Morgan Freeman. Thank
1: you, man. Bless you. Take care.
0: If you wanna check out the PSA, you can go to thecreativecoalition.org slash vaccine. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, I wanted to remind you to please consider supporting an organization called Teens for Food Justice, an organization that is helping at-risk students throughout New York build and maintain hydroponic farms, which allow them to grow thousands of pounds of produce every year for their communities. By supporting Teens for Food Justice, you're helping youth-led farms ensure a sustainable, equitable food system and eradicate food insecurity. So if you're able to, then please go to the link below and donate whatever you can. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, wear a mask, and if you've been waiting for an answer on Yahoo Answers, well, let me answer it for you. Yes, you should probably go see a doctor.